Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a PGY1 psychiatry resident physician. In this podcast, we discuss whole person health and wellness through an osteopathic lens, holistically addressing the body, mind, and spirit. We also discuss topics important to medical trainees, including pre-med students, medical students, and residents. Thanks for joining me. In case you haven't listened to my trailer for season three, this is the first full-length episode of season three, which makes it episode 101. Just celebrated 100 episodes last week, which is super exciting. And it's just in time for me to be starting residency training. This is actually also the first full-length episode that I'm recording in my new apartment in the Philadelphia area where I moved to from Virginia uh, to start residency. So I'm super excited about that. So by the time this episode comes out, I will be starting my second day of orientation. So I'm really looking forward to it. There's a lot of exciting things going on in my personal life as well that I've been talking a little bit about on social media. But this episode is going to be focused on how to choose your specialty. So I'm coming from a standpoint that I have chosen my specialty since I'm starting residency, but I went through this somewhat recently with deciding my specialty. So I'll talk more about this, but it's pretty common that pre-med students have an idea of what they want to do. They get to medical school, they get a different idea, and then they start clinical rotations and they narrow it down even more. Sometimes they switch, change their mind, and may end up doing something they never thought they were going to do. So I'm going to speak from experience with a lot of this and also make sure that I cover a lot of things that may factor into your decision, even if it didn't necessarily factor into my decision either. I'll try to be as comprehensive as possible. And I also have a lot of experience talking to medical students who were trying to decide their specialty, and I know the type of things that they should be thinking about in order to do that. So I wanted to share this all in one episode, all in one place. It's something that I've briefly mentioned in past episodes. It was in episode 55 that is entitled Med School Research Extracurriculars and Specialty Selection. So I touched on it in that episode, but this one is really going to be a little bit more in-depth and comprehensive. So as a medical student, you'll have many specialties and career paths to choose from within the profession of medicine. And this is a good problem to have, but it may seem overwhelming at times, especially if you started medical school without any idea of what specialty you want to go into. I've stated in other episodes previously that it is wonderful to stay open-minded, but you'll eventually have to choose a specialty. And it helps to do it on the earlier side because then you can get research experience in that specialty. You can 
be involved in extracurriculars in that specialty, join the professional memberships, and when you're in your third year, that means scheduling audition rotations and scheduling away rotations for your fourth year in that specialty. Also means getting letters of recommendation in your third year so that at the beginning of your fourth year, you have an application put together for that specialty. So I like to say to narrow down at least to your top two specialties by January of your third year because that's really when you're going to want to start scheduling rotations for fourth year and start working on your ERAS application, start gathering letters or recommendation. And that's a timeline that I followed myself and I felt very prepared, but I also didn't feel rushed into my specialty choice. And that's hard because halfway through your third year, you may not have done all of your rotations yet. So that's why in your second year, you can start thinking about an idea of the specialties that you're interested in. Because then you can schedule those third-year rotations earlier on in the year so you can get exposure to them instead of having them really late into your third year, getting to them and realizing, wow, I really love this, but it's, it's April before ERAS season in August and September. But it's still possible to switch at that point. What you don't want to do is get to the summer between third year and fourth year, and then you're at the point of scrambling. So it does help to think about this as early as possible, but still have an open mind to change your mind. So a big part of being open-minded is exploring your options and learning more about each specialty, which is the framework I want to provide in this episode. Whether you have no idea of what specialty you want to go into, or if you have a good idea of what you want to pursue. Maybe you're in between two or three. So this episode will be especially helpful for third-year medical students, but it can help learners at any stage, including first and second-year med students and pre-meds who are thinking in advance, and it can even help fourth-year students that are applying to residency very soon to make sure that they are signing up for the right specialty for them, and that they're doing it for the right reasons. Maybe you're even a resident or an attending who is unhappy in your chosen specialties. This episode might be helpful for you. So whatever stage you're at, I hope this is helpful. I've said it before, and this was true for me personally, that clinical rotations can provide significant clarity to your specialty of choice. You could have even had extensive shadowing in a specialty, but I don't think you truly experience a specialty until you have responsibilities and you're engaging with patients like you do during a rotation as a later year medical student. Let me share a little of my journey to demonstrate this. So I was interested in orthopedic surgery. I shadowed several orthopedic surgeons when I was pre-med, but when I got to medical school, I was interested in a wide variety of topics, and 
I didn't in particular like my orthopedics block. It didn't have the spark that I was expecting it to have. So I started thinking about family medicine. Most of my extracurriculars in my first two years of medical school were actually related to family medicine and sports medicine. Then when I started clinical rotations, I fell in love with psychiatry. And this was confirmed when the excitement that I felt during my psychiatry rotation was really absent during my family medicine rotations and definitely during my surgical rotations. So keep this in mind if you are in a stage of education before your clinical years, you may have an academic interest in learning material of certain body systems or certain patient populations, but then when you actually get into the hospital or into the clinic, it can show you a pretty different picture of how it actually looks like in practice. So keep an open mind, obviously. A lot of leadership and a lot of extracurricular experience comes from the first two years of medical school when you're still in classes. So keep pursuing those things, but don't think that because you have all of this experience with one specialties professional organization that you are locked into that specialty. You just have to be prepared to talk about that when you're interviewing for residencies about why you changed your mind. And that's easier to do when you go from a less competitive specialty to a more competitive specialty. Instead of having a ton of experience in a competitive specialty and then you switch to a non-competitive specialty because they may just think that it is because you didn't have the grades or didn't score high enough on your board exams that you are now applying to your specialty of choice. So it's, it's a harder sell when you are interested in something like dermatology and then, and then you switch to family medicine because those programs may think that family medicine is your backup. Whereas if you do the opposite, if you're interested in family medicine and then you discover dermatology, then that is usually an easier sell to make. So that's just something to keep in mind. I'd, I think having, having early exposure to family medicine or internal medicine or even pediatrics, those more primary care specialties. Well, since the vast majority of medical students will go into those specialties anyway, I think those are really great to get some leadership experience and professional experience in those, even if you don't end up staying on the track to pursue those specialties. It still really helps to have a good understanding about the concerns of those specialties in any specialty that you pursue. I'm often asked about what question banks to use to study for medical school board exams, and I always recommend TrueLearn. TrueLearn helped me score competitively on Comlex Level 1 and Level 2, shelf exams, and the USMLE Step 1 and Step 2. And I'm currently using their question bank to study for Level 3. I love TrueLearn's practice questions because they include detailed answer explanations and comprehensive analysis of how you're doing compared to your past progress and compared to your peers. 
I am so happy that FirstLine has partnered with TrueLearn. For a discount on your subscription, use the link in the episode description and use code FIRSTLINE at checkout. F-I-R-S-T-L-I-N-E. One word, no spaces, no capitalization. So when it comes to actually choosing a specialty, ideally, you'll want a specialty that reflects your interests, your personality, your values, your skills, and your desired lifestyle. So that's a lot. So that means just because someone has told you that you have the hands of a surgeon, it doesn't mean that you have to pursue surgery because it may not line up with your values or your interests. So it is worth the time to reflect on these attributes of yourself, especially what your values are and your desired lifestyle, which you may not think too much about as a preclinical medical student. And it really pays off to write these things down and keep a record of it because you'll eventually have to write a personal statement for your specialty of choice which really helps if you are able to reflect on why you're interested in a specialty, what values line up with a specialty, and what skills you have. So notice in this list that I didn't mention anything about the salary. So I believe that the salary really shouldn't be a major factor in your decision of what specialty to pursue. Money isn't going to be an issue as a physician if you are smart with your money. In the United States, doctors earn at least 200k with very few exceptions, and this is multitudes higher than the median income in the U.S. So you'll be able to pay back your loans, and even if you are in, in a primary care specialty with the lower end of wages for doctors, you can always opt for public service loan forgiveness if you're worried about these loans. So I recommend, if you haven't already, to start reading The White Coat Investor, either the book, the blog, or listen to their podcast. And I've heard The White Coat Investor say this, and I think it's worth repeating. He says that it's better to choose a specialty that you will love for decades instead of one that pays more and will lead to early burnout. So in the long run, a specialty that you love will make you more money if you work for 40 years than a higher paying specialty that you're only going to work for five to ten years. You also don't want to be miserable and dread going to work. No one wants that. And I won't even take the time to talk about picking a specialty because of its prestige. That is probably even worse than picking based off of money. So, impressing acquaintances at a dinner party is not worth it if you hate every day of practicing as a neurosurgeon. If you want a starting point with brainstorming your interests, your values, and skills, check out Careers in Medicine with the AAMC. So you should already have an account if, assuming you've taken the MCAT. And most medical schools will provide full access to the resources for free. You can also talk to an advisor at your school, which might be helpful. They they can guide you a little bit more personally on a one-on-one basis to help you narrow down your specialty. I provide services on Fiverr for helping 
students apply with ERAST for residency. And there is an option for brainstorming. And so if you opt in for my editing service, you can absolutely use this brainstorming session to chat with me about what you're thinking about your specialty choice. In addition to any other questions that you have about ERAS or your personal statement. I'm now providing several editing services specifically for medical students and pre-med students. I can help with editing your CV, personal statements, and applications, whether you're applying to medical school or to residency. I will catch your grammar and style mistakes and also provide feedback on content revision so you can craft documents that make you more competitive. There are so many expensive services out there that charge hundreds to thousands of dollars on reviews, which is why I am offering a much more affordable service with different price packages based on your needs. Use the link in my bio to learn more about the services I offer for individualized help. So, an unfortunate factor to consider with your specialty choice is also your likelihood of matching into your chosen specialty. So, you may be super passionate about dermatology, but simply don't have the scores needed to successfully match or to be confident about matching. And I've touched on this in a past episode about how to use NRMP data. That was on episode 95, entitled How to Use NRMP Data During the Residency App Season. But unfortunately, you're, you really won't know which specialties you're, you're competitive for until you take step two or level two. And that's usually done at the end of your third year. This is another reason why I love parallel planning. So if you love a competitive specialty, you should also try to pick one that is less competitive in case you don't have the scores you need. You can always dual apply if you still want to have a chance to pursue your first choice, but you're afraid that your scores don't line up with it. On your rotations, I'd encourage you to ask questions to your preceptors about why they chose their specialty. A lot of times you can get really honest answers that help tremendously. So, things to pay attention to. Pay attention if they don't have a good answer about why they chose their specialty, or if their answer is one that doesn't fit your values. You might get preceptors that tell you that they went in into a specialty because someone in their family was in that specialty and they knew that they would have a job or they went into the specialty for the money or they went into it for the prestige. And then you'll find preceptors that say that they went into the specialty because they couldn't imagine themselves doing anything else. Maybe they were super interested in the patient presentations that you see. I know a lot of surgeons that that say that they needed to work with their hands. And in family medicine, you'll you'll hear that they wanted to take care of families and they wanted to take care of individuals in every life stage. So it's always great to ask your preceptors. But of course, in every specialty, you're going to find physicians that are burnt out. So it helps if you're able to ask multiple people 
in, instead of basing an entire specialty off of one person's opinion. But if you ask multiple people, you may start to notice trends. Also, try to ask your preceptors what the worst part of the specialty is. It may be helpful to remember these answers and then think about, out of all the specialties, which worst part sounds the most tolerable to you. You can also ask preceptors what the bread and butter of the specialty is, so the most common patient presentations, instead of focusing on the coolest cases that you may never see. So, the perfect specialty for you is going to be the one that has bread and butter that excites you. Not just the coolest cases exciting you because they may be few and far in between. But you really want to love the day-to-day of a specialty. So, when thinking about narrowing down the specialty, the first question you'll want to think about is medicine versus surgery. So, I know that we're all studying medicine, but when I say medicine here, it's a way to group specialties that refers to specialties that are non-surgical, but may still involve procedures. So, within medicine, you want to think about which procedures interest you, if you even need to do procedures, what patient populations you want to work with, and maybe what particular body system you're interested in. Then there are the surgical specialties and subspecialties. This doesn't need too much explanation. You're in the operating room, a significant portion of your time. So, this includes general surgery, which you'll probably have the most exposure to as a medical student. But don't forget about orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, plastic surgery. And then outside of this medical versus surgery distinction, there are a few oddball specialties that you should not forget about. So one is OBGYN, obstetrics and gynecology. It is technically a surgical specialty, but it also involves a lot of medicine that may look a lot more like family medicine than other surgical specialties. Other mixed specialties like this include urology and anesthesiology. Then there are indirect patient care specialties. So, under this umbrella, I include radiology and pathology, which are oddballs, but in a different way in that they're not really medicine, they're not really surgery, and they're not both. So, neither of these really fit neatly into medicine or surgery, but they still provide vital roles in the healthcare system. So, again, those medical specialties include internal medicine and all of its subspecialties, pediatrics, family medicine, emergency medicine, neurology, psychiatry, PM&R, also known as physiatry or physical medicine and rehabilitation, and radiation oncology. Surgical specialties include general surgery, cardiothoracic surgery, neurosurgery, orthopedics, vascular surgery, and plastics. Those mixed specialties that include a little bit of medicine, a little bit of surgery, include ENT or otolaryngology, ophthalmology, urology, OBGYN, anesthesia, and dermatology. And then those indirect 
outpatient care specialties include radiology and pathology. So I know that's not an entirely full list, but I'm going to have an episode that goes into descriptions of all of these specialties and additional ones that should provide a good overview so that you're not missing any specialties to think about and to research a little bit about. Because most medical students will only have rotations in maybe seven or eight specialties, and that's certainly not even close to the majority of of specialties. So, that's why I want an entire episode dedicated to detailing what these specialties are composed of, because there was tons of these that, as as a pre-med student, I've never even heard of until I got to medical school, and you sometimes don't even learn about all of them in the preclinical curriculum. When you get to the clinical years, you may even work at a hospital that doesn't even have in-house staff for a certain specialty, and patients may be required to be referred out. But I hope that this episode provided a really good overview of the questions you should be asking yourself and some resources that you can use in order to start this journey of self-discovery and reflection that can aid in choosing a specialty. So I look forward to speaking more about each of these specialties individually in a future episode. View the show notes for additional information about this episode and access the link to First Line's website. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to First Line on your favorite podcast app to hear a new episode every Monday. Thanks for listening.